All right, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Loose Balls Podcast, Super Bowl edition. I'm Cole. With me, as always, is Peyton, and today we are going to preview Super Bowl 55 between the Buccaneers and the Chiefs. Any first thoughts before we get going? No, I'm just... It's Super Bowl week. It's great. It's a good time to be alive. It's weird seeing the media week and seeing it all online and stuff, but Mm -hmm. I'm just excited for the Super Bowl. It's always one of the best days of the year. It's such a long two weeks to get to the Super Bowl. You're so used Especially with no Pro Bowl this year, it felt even longer. Yeah, I don't don't give a shit about the Pro Bowl. Oh, I don't give a shit about the Pro Bowl either, but there's just usually so much build to the Pro Bowl. True that. That the NFL likes to do, even though nobody watches it. Yeah, and then the awards night is tomorrow night. Assuming that uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to win the MVP title. And uh, all the other uh, storylines there. Who was going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie, Hall of Fame ballots, of course. But yeah, let's get going with our Super Bowl preview between the Buccaneers and the Chiefs. Um, actually, no. Let's not do that first. Let's go with a big trade that happened. First, um, the swapping of two number one picks. Yep, uh, Matt Stafford gets traded to the LA Rams in exchange for a bunch of first round picks and Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. And my first reaction to this trade was Detroit won. They got a nice haul in return for a quarterback who's, I think, how many years younger? Like seven, eight years younger? Yeah. Got two first round picks. And they've got a lot of weapons still if they decide to keep Marvin Jones and Kenny Galdix. I believe they're both free agents at this at this point. They've got a lot of pieces. It's just a matter of can Campbell and that squad figure it out and how will Goff fit in? I think he'll fit in okay. And as for LA, I think Stafford's definitely a big upgrade over Jared Goff at this point, but do I think it makes them better in the long run? Uh, not really. I don't think it makes them a contender, per se. Well, that's just my first initial thoughts when I first saw that deal happen. Um, I think based off talent alone, Stafford's good enough to to make this team a, a lot, a lot better. Um, not necessarily a a Super Bowl contender, but they should be much better than they were uh, this last year. I think that the problem with, or what we have to look at too, is the coaching. Which, Stafford going from Matt Patricia to Sean McVay, he's going to be he's going to be so happy in mm-hmm. that system. And now you're Jared Goff going from McVay to Dan Campbell going from like the best offensive playbook besides maybe Kyle Shanahan it's probably one of those two to we're going to teach you how to bite someone's kneecap off yeah <laughs> um I, I'm not really sure if it's it's not a good move for Jared Goff I feel bad for him it could stunt his growth a lot but they did get two first round picks out of it they got a third round pick out of it the, the Lions got a lot for Matt Stafford, considering it's a guy who's never won a playoff game. But mm-hmm. I think that both teams are happy with what they got out of this trade at the end of the day. Because yeah. the Lions had to move Stafford. They get a very a good enough, probably top half of the, the starters pool of quarterbacks. And then you get 
three picks, and then L.A. upgrades at the quarterback position, which is what Sean McVay clearly feels like he needed to take that team to the next step is to get a top-tier quarterback, which talent-wise Matt Stafford is, but we just have never seen him really have any big moments in the league. Mm -hmm. Still waiting for that first playoff win from Matt Stafford, and... It's not just going to an ordinary division. Like This is the NFC West where yeah. you know San Fran's going to be looking for a new quarterback. They're going to be healthy next year. You know already, already know about the Cardinals. Kyler Murray, that team's only going to get better. Obviously, Russell Wilson up in Seattle, they'll still yeah. be contending. So it'll be yeah, interesting that division to see. is going to be an absolute gauntlet. Again. Because can you imagine if San Francisco gets Deshaun Watson? Like That division's going to be yeah. absurd. You can potentially have two very good teams out of the playoffs next year. Again. Three, potentially. That's true. Very true. Um, yeah, as for your Jared Goff take for he's in a bad situation, I think he can thrive in this situation if he's got the pieces around him. Like a Marvin Jones and a Galladay, like that's that's pretty well, that's pretty I, I don't think he doesn't uh, like his the pieces he has around him are excellent. I just think in terms of a system going from LA to Detroit is going to be a bit of a difficult one. Yeah, I think especially with the new coach, I agree with that. But we'll see how they build this. The team. pressure will be off him though. True. He won't be under the spotlight in LA anymore. It's and just going to be go play in Detroit. Yeah. No one watches the Lions. Yeah, <laughs> and if he leads them to a really good record, then fantastic. Mm-hmm. And if Stafford is mediocre in LA, then those questions are really going to start. Yeah. Sounded off on McVeigh because at the end of the day, McVeigh probably had the final say on this trade. Mm-hmm. He probably said, we got to make this trade. Yeah. And they had to give up more first-round picks. I don't think they have a pick till like, yeah. 2025 or something. I can't yeah. even remember. They, they, keep, they haven't had a first-round pick since 2017, I think. The yeah. crazy thing to me that I heard was that San Francisco offered them a very similar package around Jimmy Garoppolo, and Detroit chose Jared Goff over Jimmy Garoppolo. Hmm. So that's, I don't know how much truth there is to that, but if that's the case, then that's pretty crazy. Part of me thinks that they didn't want to trade Goff to a division, or mm-hmm. not, excuse me, uh, just trading back to, I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't really see San Fran offering that much. The to... funny thing for me now is looking at that division too, Jared Goff is arguably the second best quarterback in that division behind Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. You got Kirk Cousins and then you got Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> Trubisky's not going to be back there next year. Let's I, be honest. They're probably going to draft a quarterback if they can or try to pick somebody up, but Yeah. Right now as presently constructed in that division, Jared Goff is the second best quarterback. I would agree with that. Speaking <laughs> of quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson officially says he he wants out and he does not want to play for the Texans yeah. ever again. So, you shouldn't want to play for the Texans no, ever again. I agree. Get the fuck out of there as yeah. fast as you can. But now, it's it'll be interesting now if they decide to wait till later in the summer with this situation because it's not going to get any better if he stays there. He's just getting more frustrated. Mm-hmm. He's going to hold out. And, keep paying him. Yeah, and now I've heard rumors about Raiders potentially yeah. maybe looking at Deshaun Watson and part of a Derek Carr kind of deal. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much truth there is to that because 
the la- I think their number one priority right now needs to be on the defensive side because their defense is not that fantastic. But, I mean, everybody who's in the football world, I guess, has known that pretty much since they got there, Mayock and John Gruden have not been sold on Derek Carr, which I don't understand. I think he's a very good quarterback. But they just keep thinking Derek Carr must be the problem, even though their defense, they have zero pass rush. They have no pressure on anybody. So that needs to be their top priority, I think. But it sounds like whether or not they're going for Deshaun, they might be quietly kind of shopping Derek Carr at this point, which if somebody wants to go get Derek Carr, you're getting yourself a really good quarterback. So that'll be another interesting situation to look at. I still don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun because it sounds like the Texans are still saying that they're not going to trade him, which I just don't get it. Yeah, you need but, to get him out of there, yeah. and it'll be interesting to see what his trade value is now. Not now that he said like he's gonna, he wants out, and now teams are not gonna offer as much because they know he wants to get out of there. So, so if Matt Stafford gets two firsts, a second, and a and a number one pick as yeah. a quarterback, what does <laughs> Watson get? Five, six first yeah. round picks, two good players, and a good quarterback. Like, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, but yeah, let's shift from that, and, and now we'll go into our Super Bowl preview between the Chiefs and the Buccaneers, and let's just start with the Kansas City Chiefs because they're obviously the defending Super Bowl champs. They were the best team all year, even though they won how many games in a row by one possession? I think it was eight, nine games in a row, mm-hmm. which was a record. I think that's an irrelevant stat at this point because in each of those games, they were in full control and there's never a point where you're like oh the Chiefs are they might lose except yeah. for the game Mahomes got concussed that was the only game yeah. you were thinking hmm, they might actually lose and when I first look at this team it's basically the same exact same team as last year they got Tyree Kill I think he's the most valuable player outside of Patrick Mahomes on this team because he opens up the entire offense he opens up Travis Kelsey in the flat. Yeah. And you cannot double-team Kelsey. You have to double-team Hill. And Kelsey is good enough on one-on-one where he can make cuts like a wide receiver. Yeah. He's got breakouts. He's got that's, good speed. And that's strong. the thing. is, I don't think I'd value either of them higher than the other because it's you literally, as a defense, have to just pick your poison. You have to double one of them and let the other one beat you because that's just what's going to happen. It's... Neither of them are somebody you can cover in single coverage. They're both so good at what they do. Travis Kelsey's making an argument at this point that he could be the best tight end of all time. He's completely unguardable. Mm -hmm. And Tyreek Hill is unguardable due to his ridiculous speed. Mm -hmm. It's it's just crazy. The thing with the Chiefs right now is everything seems to be going wrong for them this week. Yeah. They... They went to get haircuts, and in the middle of Daniel Kilgore, the center, getting a haircut, they found out that the hairdresser tested positive for COVID. Mm-hmm. A bunch of other players, including Patrick Mahomes, were going to get haircuts from that guy that day. Now, today, one of their, I think their linebacker's coach got in a car accident. Jeez. Like, it seems like every weird little thing that could go wrong for the Chiefs, like Patrick Mahomes' foot and his little concussion or seemed like some people were thinking he almost like choked himself out. It wasn't really a concussion. 
that he like kind of cut off his airway for a second and it threw him off like hmm. yeah it's just everything is going wrong for the Chiefs it seems like in the past couple weeks and they just keep pushing through and beating teams and yeah. I don't know if this is just their system or it's just a perfect mix because you've got Andy Reid, who's an offensive genius, and any time he gets a bye, which technically this is a bye, mm-hmm. he's almost unbeatable. And that is—I think he's the best coach in history off a of bye. Yeah, I'm pretty he is. Sure. I think he's got the highest winning percentage off a of bye weekend. Mm-hmm. That's he's also the only coach that has hosted three straight title games. And he's done it twice. Yep, he did with the Eagles <laughs> back when it was McNabb and Owens. Yeah. And at that time, Andy Reid was known as a terrible clock manager. Yeah. And even in his early days with the Chiefs, even as as early as a couple years ago, he was still known as a mm-hmm. terrible clock manager. And it wasn't until last year where it all got cut off, cut yeah. off of them. All that weight was lifted off of that Super that Bowl. That Super Bowl. And now and people are like, oh, is Andy Reid the greatest coach of all time? <laughs> yeah. Stop it. <laughs> Um, it's crazy to me to think that that guy got fired at one point, though. Yeah. Like... It's crazy. I know Belichick did, too, but that was different, right? Like, Andy Reid was having real success and still got fired. That's how crazy Philly fans are, I think, is that you just can't... If you're not having the ultimate success, they want you gone. Well, yeah, even then, like, if you're playing at a decent caliber and Philly fans will turn on you. Like, you can have 20 straight games where you're unreal, then you have that one... eh. Not I so mean, great game, and they'll turn on you in a heartbeat. Look at Doug Peterson this year. He made one call to put, what's his name in? I can't even remember his name. But Jalen Hurts? To pull Jalen Hurts and put, what's his oh, face yeah. in there? Sudfeld. Nate Sudfeld. Sudfeld. There's his name. And the fans were like, he's gone. Get him out of there. We hate him. Holy that shit. guy won a Super Bowl two years ago. <laughs> I don't think he won the Super Bowl. I think that team was just so talented enough that... Nick Foles is just so good. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, to be fair, it was that RPO that he was running, and just no one could stop that RPO for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, back to Andy Reid and the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at this defense as well, and we'll see if Chris Jones and guys like Frank Clark can get some pressure on Tom Brady, because as we know, Brady does not like pressure whatsoever. He has a terrible QBR. I think he's... 30th in the league when he's blitzed. Um, Steve Spagnuolo, we know, 13 years ago, once upon a time, ended that Patriots undefeated season. Yeah. Brought we'll that. never forget that game. No, brought the four-man pressure all game with Michael Strahan. They got to Brady, made life a living hell. And mm-hmm. last year, he blitzed Brady a lot in that game in New England, and they ended up winning the game by seven points. And... We'll see what Spagnuolo's got under his sleeve. I know he loves to blitz on third downs, especially late in the game. He he usually holds back in the beginning, but as we know with the Buccaneers and Brady, we'll get to them in a bit. They struggle right off the right off the get go, and it's been a trend this year. So um, we know with Super Bowls, especially Brady never scores early. Yeah, I don't think they've ever scored on the first drive. Of a Brady Super Bowl game. I don't think they've ever scored in the first quarter, yeah, actually. Yeah, maybe something like that. And, like, the last time they were in the Super Bowl was the Rams game, and that was, what did it finish? Like, 13-3? to Yeah, 13-3. It was, it was enough. That, I mean, good for the defense. They held that ridiculous Rams offense to three points, but yeah. it's just, it's a different team, obviously, and they're 
almost fully healthy. Like, Antonio Brown might play. Yes, he was full participant in practice today. Yeah, so I think they have one other player who's questionable, but the Chiefs are missing Mitchell Schwartz, who's one of the better tackles in the league. They're also missing Eric Fisher, who tore his Achilles, left their top left Eric tackle. Eric Fisher, that's who I meant, was Eric Fisher. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, they're missing him, and then uh, I think they're missing a linebacker as well. They're missing Daniel Kilgore, too. There's that was because he was getting a haircut from a guy. <laughs> so, yeah, Mitchell Schwartz is... <laughs> Schwartz is out, but... Yeah, so they're missing three of their tackles. Mm-hmm. And facing that four-man rush with Pierre Paul... Shaq Barrett. Dominic and Sue, and yeah. even Devin White and Monte David will yeah. pick their time. I think that's going to be the biggest key to the game is can the four-man rush... Gets him a Holmes, who we know has been tilling with. They now say it's turf toe. Mm-hmm. We knew we've known it's a toe injury, but sounds like it's actually a lot worse than what was initially thought. And it didn't seem to bother Mahomes last game, even though there yeah. was. I don't even think he got touched last game. No. But now you're facing the defense, who is proven they can get pressure. Yeah. With four man on a good and all offense. Todd Bowles does is blitz. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because last time. They tried to run man-to-man on Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. and Didn't Tyree Kill have almost 300 yards in that game? He had 200 yards and three touchdowns in the first quarter alone. Yeah, or something and I think like he finished that. with like 296 yards. And I think Kelsey had another 100 yards yeah, that game or something they, like that. Uh, that's the one thing, is this game already happened, and despite what the score says, it was not a close game. No, it was... It was it shouldn't have been that close, but the Chiefs, like they always do, they take their foot off the gas just a little bit, but then they yeah. know how to close you out in close yeah. games. It's uh, if we look at that game, this game is not going to be close. But it's Tom Brady in a Super Bowl is different than Tom Brady in a random week in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Probably get psycho Tom. At the same time, looking at what the Chiefs did this year, Super Bowl Chiefs are going to be different than the Chiefs in a random week in the regular season. So. It's mm-hmm. both teams going to try to be at their absolute best. It's just, it seems like, like I said, everything seems to be going wrong for the Chiefs just outside of football. And then you got the Bucks who are fully healthy, haven't heard anything. They're just getting ready for the game. So that's the one thing that's playing somewhat of a role in how I feel about this game. Mm-hmm. Football-wise, I think the Chiefs are top to bottom a much better team. I agree. I think one guy to watch out for for the Chiefs on the defensive end is Tyron Matthew, Honey Badger. He's got such great IQ for this game, and he's played Tom Brady numerous occasions. And it'll be really good to see what Spagnuolo and Matthew come up with because I think Matthew's got kind of like a free ride out there because it seems like he knows what's going to happen before the play even happens. So... He's always been a dangerous player in in coverage because he's got the ability to get inter- make interceptions and force turnovers, but he also can lead that defense and know what the each team is going to run. It just seems like he's two steps ahead of the offensive players, and it'll be interesting to see how Matthew is in in this game. That's one guy I think is going to be a big factor. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think looking at the Chiefs' defense, it's Matthew and probably Chris Jones that are going to have to be the difference makers. Mm-hmm. Chris Jones is going to have to do his best to get pressure on Brady, and then Matthew's going to have to make those plays that he makes. 
where it's just like how did he know what was going to happen and he just jumps a ball or mm-hmm. jumps a play and gets a big tackle like he he just he does have that IQ of just like he knows where the ball is going to be it's almost an instinct mm-hmm. and then looking at the Chiefs running game as well being interesting to see if if they come out and run early mm-hmm. they've obviously a pass heavy team not not even questioning that but it'd be interesting to see how they go with this running game with Edwards Alaire. Daryl Williams has been playing very well. Yeah. I don't even think Le'Veon Bell is going to dress for the game, to yeah. be honest, because they may just go with the two backs that have gotten him to this point. Yeah, who knows? I mean, if they go with all three, they could really just try to run the ball down their throat. It will be difficult not having um, not having some of those O-linemen, but that's going to be a big factor. Is the Chiefs as much as they do like to pass, as much as you have Patrick Mahomes, they do like to set up the pass with the run. Mm-hmm. They don't throw any more than the league average. So, I mean, they clearly do like to run the ball. Andy Reid doesn't just abandon the run game ever. So they're going to have to find a way to get in there and make some big plays with the rushing game, I think. Mm-hmm. But it's going to – we're going to have to wait and see. Exactly, and let's switch over to the Buccaneers side now. Just thinking about the offense as well. We talked about Brown. It sounds like he's going to be ready to go. Um, I think the only other questionable in offense was Cameron Braid. I would assume he'll play. He's a tough customer. Um, I'm looking at the running backs, though. Especially Leonard Fournette. He's had a very good playoff so far. Mm-hmm. Good two, three games for them. Had that very nice touchdown run against the Packers. And ticking over that run RB1 spot over Ronald Jones, who he had some injury issues. He had COVID issues. And Fournette didn't have a big workload to start the year, which was expected. But now he's filling in nicely. And he's that power back and yeah. running in between the tackles. And he's a tough guy to tackle. And we'll see. How they, how Brady and this offense use this running game? So I wouldn't be shocked if they came out early and tried to set the tone right away with some power runs with both Jones yeah. and Fournette. Fournette's had a weird year. He came into Tampa and everybody was like, "Oh, he's gonna dominate on that team." You know, with Brady, it's just gonna open up for him. And he started so slow. Ronald Jones took a clear number one spot off of him. I think one game. Fournette was a healthy scratch. Mm-hmm. I don't think he even dressed for one of the games. And then Jones got hurt. He had COVID issues, like you said. And Fournette came back in and just got better and better. And now in the playoffs, he's just looked like almost impossible to tackle at this point. Like he's just rolling through people. Mm-hmm. He's had this surge at the end of the year, and it's coming at the right time, obviously. Like if he can do that in this game and they can do what you know everybody always tries to do which is keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands it'll give him a chance yeah like that's it's got to be the number one game plan is you it's like back when Brady was in his prime back in his prime quote unquote mm-hmm. in New England they try they have to run the ball and keep Brady off the field because when he was on the field he just pick you apart on those long drives 10 11 play drives yeah. that were like six seven minutes long and I also look at the wide receivers. Scotty Miller, guy to watch out for, because he's not just a guy who's going to run Julian Edelman-type routes 
in zone coverage and get six yard gains. He's shown he has got he's got good speed. He can run down the field and make a bunch of chunk catches. You've got we know Mike Evans is probably the best um probably the best receiver in the red zone. He he's Brady's number one target in the red zone. Oh yeah. Then you got Godwin, who's got unreal speed. You've got Brown, Gronkowski, even Cameron Brait. We're not even mentioning O.J. Howard because he's out with an Achilles injury. Yeah. They've got so many weapons. And then you have Brady in all his press conferences, and someone's asking him about retirement, and his response is, I think we're going to be a better team next year. And it's almost as like this year's like a feel-out year for Brady, and now they're looking at next year, and he thinks they're going to be even better, which is scary for yeah. the NFC because I agree with Brady. They're yeah. going to be better next year. It's crazy that we thought that this was going to be his feel-out year, and it felt like it all year. You know, they went 11-5, and five, but we kind of expected that because they were, what, 7-5, and five, and then they had that kind of walk yep. to the postseason in their last four games, and it yep. was like, okay, they'll probably beat Washington, and then they'll get out of here. The Saints will get them out of here. And then they beat the Saints, and it was like, okay, well, the Packers are going to get them out of here. There's no way they're going to the Super Bowl, and now they won again, and, like, that's also everybody now is like okay they made it to the Super Bowl but the Chiefs are going to destroy them and I do feel like the Chiefs are going to beat them pretty handily but I it's just it's Brady every time you think he's going to lose he just pulls something out yeah I've I've learned anything and I'll have a story for you two years ago AFC Championship in KC all I was telling everyone there's no way Brady and the Pats are going into Kansas City and beating Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And that first half, they came out and they dominated. And then I'm just like, nah, it's not going to happen. Second half happens. I'm like, doesn't feel doesn't feel fantastic. And then OT happens. We know the rest of the story. That was the game, surprisingly enough, out of all the other games where I'm like, okay, hey, I'm never questioning Tom Brady. That was the D Ford offsides game. Yeah, I'm never questioning Tom Brady and any t- game he's a part of ever again. Because this yeah. game, I cannot bet on this game. Because I'm torn. I've always been told, never bet against Tom Brady. But you cannot bet against Mahomes and the Chiefs. So you're just in one of those situations where it's like, what do you do? If I was a, if I really was a betting man, I would bet the Chiefs big time. But Tom Brady, yeah, I cannot ignore Tom Brady, and I'm just, you just grow an appreciation and a respect for what he's actually doing. He's yeah. 43. He's gonna be 44 and. Like five six months, and you almost take his greatness for granted. Back in New England, if every year you're thinking, "Oh, they're gonna get, they're gonna get 11 wins or 12 wins and get the one seed," and then they don't get the one seed, and you're, and you're frustrated, yeah. shockingly, because you're so used to it. And then he leaves, and you're just like, "Wow, like that's greatness." And the fact he continues to do this at such a at such a high level at this point of his career, it's never been done in the NFL before by anyone his age, and it's just unbelievable to watch. Just as a fan and as 
someone who has grown to admire Tom Brady as much as I have. He'll always be my childhood idol, and it's just incredible. Like, it's absurd. It's I can't imagine ever seeing anything like this again. Like, unless Patrick Mahomes is going to be that guy, you know, I I just, I can't see, like, 10 Super Bowls is ridiculous. I'm pretty sure second place in terms of quarterback is Elway. I think he went to five. Yeah. But he won two. Brady's won six? Yep. Like... He doesn't have his rings. He's gonna run out of fingers pretty soon here. Like the tweet that I saw that pretty much encompassed what everybody's feeling right now is, he's the guy tweeted. Uh, I can't remember who it was, but he said, "It's nice to see Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes in a Super Bowl. The two guys who are most likely to dominate the NFL for the next 15 years." And I feel like everybody does feel that way right now. Oh, it, he's just yeah. he he doesn't age. It's he's like a vampire. He looks better now than he did when he was 18. <laughs> Back in his Michigan, gate, Michigan days, he looked... Uh, he, he didn't look great. And then TB12 method. The TB12 method. It's all that avocado ice cream. By the way, his new t-shirts that are out, LFG. Love to see it. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy one of those. Are you going to yeah. eat your avocado ice cream in it? No. I'll <laughs> eat my own Ben & Jerry's ice cream. And yeah, but just incredible what he's been able to do and looking at the defense we've kind of mentioned them as well we haven't really mentioned the the back four back seven if you're counting Devin White and what he's done in these playoffs he's been incredible Levante David's been on that team for a little bit now and he's very underrated as a linebacker and then Antoine Winfield is back which is huge he's been probably their best player in the secondary this year and he's a rookie yeah which is insane Carlton Davis, Whitehead got banged up last game too, but sounds like he's going to be okay. And then you yeah. have Sean Murphy Bunting, who's SMB. another young quarterback. Yeah, their uh, their defense is this team is just they are stacked. It's, it's good, just yeah. I the more and more I think about it, the the edge that I give to the Chiefs is really in coaching. I just trust Andy Reid more than I trust a guy like Bruce Arians. Yeah, I agree because. Like, Arians has never been in a in the big game. Like he's been in big games, but most of the time he's shit the yeah. bed in those games. It's just it's Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Tyree Kill. Those four will just find ways to get the ball in the end zone every single drive. Yeah, that's where they have this leg up against everybody. Is those four players are just on another level, or sorry, those three players and coach are on another level. Mm-hmm. The the thing with Tampa Bay is just Tom Brady. He, it's Tom Brady. How do you, you you can't bet against Tom Brady? No. <laughs> it's so they just he finds ways to win, no matter what. And the only like we see we've seen him lose in the Super Bowl. The, the most recent one he lost against Philly was I still argue to this day it's because they benched Malcolm Butler because they could not stop anything yeah. on the passing game. Malcolm Butler would have made enough of a difference that I think that would have changed the outcome. Yeah, I agree. And then the two games against the Giants, which both were capped off by ridiculous plays by Eli Manning. One to David Tyree and one to Mario Manningham. But then you go to the other side where you got the Butler interception in the end zone. Yeah, you've got the 28-3 the, comeback. Exactly, got the two Vinatieri field goals. So they all yeah, don't kind of... Don't mind me 
Panthers fan. And then they all kind of go hand in hand with one another. Then obviously we've got the the Donovan McNabb apparent puking game, which has been disputed for a while, but that's a topic for another day. Prediction time? I guess it's prediction time. I'll go first. Chiefs will win, but I'm not really confident in the pick because you don't bet it. You don't pick against Brady. You don't bet against Brady. So I'm going to go with a final score of 30 to 22. I think it's going to be one of those Brady in the Brady gets a late touchdown, cuts it to eight. They try to recover an onside kick or they try and get the ball back just like last time they play each other. And then Mahomes and the offense say, nope. Yeah. It's our, it's our turn to win again. So, yep. Chiefs 30 to 22. That's fair. I have been on the Chiefs bandwagon. <laughs> I, I don't even want to say bandwagon. I've been a Chiefs fan for a very long time. Yeah, they've been, been my second team since you, I was a little kid. You've been a closet Chiefs fan for yeah, a while. They've always been my number two team. And now to see them be this good, it's just it's nice to have one team that's good, you know. <laughs> since Carolina's fifteen and one mishap. Yeah. Um but I, I said it last year when they won, right after the game, I said, I don't know how they don't win again next year. I've been on that since then, and I'm not gonna change my mind now. Fair <laughs> so enough. I'm gonna go with the Chiefs. Uh, if I'm picking a final score, I'll go with thirty-four to twenty-eight probably. Something high scoring, but not super, super high scoring. Because, you know, Patrick Mahomes is probably going to get his 30. And Brady's going to keep it close. So it's going to come down to probably the end of the game. The only way I think it turns into a blowout is if the Chiefs start out really hot and Brady starts out slow like he does in every Super Bowl and they just get a huge... Like, if they got a quick three-touchdown lead, it wouldn't really shock me. But I'm not expecting that to happen. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going Chiefs. I have to go Chiefs. I've been on it all year. Yeah. I can't change my mind now. Yeah. If this was, like, Green Bay, KC, I would probably be picking Green Bay, if I'm being honest, just because I've been had, I'd ridden with Green Bay all year long, and I wouldn't have picked against them at that point. But this is the Chiefs game to lose, as is every game has been for them this <laughs> yeah. year. They if they don't win, it's because they don't score in the red zone. They turn the ball over too many times because we've seen games where they turn the ball over three times and they still win yeah. pretty handedly. And basically, or if Mahomes, God forbid, he gets injured. Yeah, that's the only three scenarios I see them losing. But then and anything is possible. So. True, anything is possible. Well, the yeah. The one thing I. That like people say with the Chiefs, that's just so true. Is that their floor is so much higher than everybody else's floor. Yep. Like even when they're at their absolute worst, they're still very hard to beat. Yeah, and that's a scary thought for a lot of really good teams out there. Yeah. You might have a quarterback like Josh Allen or Baker Mayfield. It's gonna be like the Peyton Manning, Phil Brothers situation. They're good. They're gonna get. They're gonna day. get to like the division championship games, but they're gonna lose to the Chiefs every year yeah. because of Mahomes, and that was what Brady had done for so many years. Mm-hmm. They get to the, they get to the title games, and then they just beat all these good quarterbacks who have barely won the Super Bowl or have never won. Yeah, and they're gonna be. It's gonna be. It's gonna be interesting after 
this Super Bowl just to see what happens in the offseason because it's going to be another crazy offseason. Yeah. We know the quarterback market's going to be crazy. crazy. It's going to be a lot of big moves, I think, because I think the cap is going up. And there's a bunch of teams in cap hell, a bunch of teams who've got a shit ton of cap, including New England, which I'm very intrigued by to see what yeah. exactly they do, how they're going to go around with having this much money because they've never had this much money to spend since they've yeah. had Brady. The thing is, Bill never spends money. We'll see if he actually opens up the wallet this year. He's going to have to. Yeah. I don't think. I think after seeing what Brady's doing in Tampa, I think... He's going to want to win games. Yeah, he's, he wants to win, and he wants to win right away. Yeah. To shove with Brady, which, by the way, Brady goes to New England next year, hopefully with fans, because that game would not be the same if there are no fans there. You No, know. it wouldn't. And I, I imagine there will be, at the very least, there will be some fans. We'll see how quick all the vaccinations and stuff get out. Uh, I imagine these sports leagues are going to want to get, you know, they're going to do anything they can to get fans back in as quickly as they can. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for our Shubal talk. And it's going to be a very fun game on, on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Well, let's switch to... The NBA get a little bit of talk in there just from the last weekend. Really weird situation today. So Kevin Durant, he was ruled out before the game even started. I think it was like five minutes before the game started with some health and safety protocol stuff. Then midway through the game, they're like, oh, he's good to play. Yeah. Comes back. And now he's just been ruled out for the rest of the game due to for health and safety protocols, so... What is Kevin... My... So, what is Kevin Durant doing? That's my question, because he already had COVID. He's already been out once this year due to health and safety protocols. Now he's out again due to health and safety protocols. Is, is a, he, like, seeking COVID-positive people out? He Because he's finding all of them. Clearly. Uh, he's just not following the rules, clearly, and... This is a tough look for the NBA... Very tough look because now you got a guy who could have COVID again. He's on the court playing, yeah. and they said like, he's nope. still testing positive for the antibodies, which hopefully means that he's good and he won't contract it. But I mean, if he's out for a second time due to contract tracing, like that's that's not good. The NBA's COVID numbers have gone down significantly. I think they had zero positive tests. It's just been. Mm-hmm. contact tracing recently which is yeah. a really good look for them very much like football and baseball where early in the year teams had some issues and then as the season went on they started to figure it out yeah so hopefully that that's the case and they can keep people on the court well now but, ho- hockey's going through that now they're going yeah. through every, what everyone's gone through early season it's all these covid positive cases a bunch of teams aren't even playing now yeah nba does have it under control but just with all this contact tracing and Health and safety protocols. It's just a weird situation in Brooklyn, too, because they already have no depth as it is. And we we spoke about this last time. They need a big man. And you mentioned Drummond might be a potential bio candidate. I haven't heard anything since then. Yeah, no. They decided to get Amon Shumpert, who, good for them, I guess. Good defender, but he's not going to defend the post. So it doesn't affect anything. He's not going to be a guy playing in the fourth quarter and crunch time minutes he's just a guy to add some depth to that team when durant Kyrie, or harder need a five minute break from scoring yeah. all the time 
this is a this team's a classic Dan Tony Steve Nash team. Yeah. Half the defense, double the offense, a lot of ISO, pick and roll, and I'm pretty sure they're on pace to be the best offensive and worst defensive team of all time. No, well, at least they're at least it's a good balance. Yeah. They're half the defense, double the offense. But, yeah. Uh, they got to figure out that defense though, because. Yeah, they they can they can score 120 on you, but like I said, they also give an easy 120. As we just saw, they gave 149 to the worst team in the NBA, yeah. the Washington Wizards, and yeah. blew that game in sure really did. historic fashion. So they sure, did. they sure did. And then looking at other teams right now, Dallas. They are 14th place in the Western Conference. Yeah, what are they? Nine and thirteen. Nine and fourteen. Nine and and 14. I and I had this team fourth place. So did I. And <gasps> Doncic is doing everything he can. Yep. And guys like Porzingis, guys like Hardaway Jr. They just aren't playing up to their potential, and no, they need to make a move because. The way the West is built right now for the future, and the way that this team is built, yeah. they're not going to go far in the playoffs. They don't have good enough pieces to compete with a team like the Clippers, the Lakers, the Nuggets, even Utah. They've got depth. Dallas yeah. doesn't really have depth. They've got good pieces like Jalen Brunson. I love Brunson on that team. I like Trey Burke, but are those guys really going to be the difference makers when you're playing the Lakers or the Nuggets when they've got good pieces. Like, yeah. No, Dallas needs to figure this out quick because you can't waste a talent like Luka. He's just... He has endless potential. Like, we have no idea how good he can be. Mm-hmm. And they can't win games because there's nobody else on that team. And it's just... It's sad to see... Because you see that you don't need to have incredible players to be a great team. Like Utah, their best player is Donovan Mitchell, who I love Donovan Mitchell. He's nowhere close to Luka. No, not and close. And they're the best team in the league right now. Yeah. So it's it's not impossible to get players around somebody like to make a team win, but they need to figure it out. They can't be paying Chris Stapps what they're paying him for him to play like shit, and they can't be paying... Hardaway a decent chunk of money for him to play like shit. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's a sad situation in Dallas right now, and I feel for Luka Doncic. And if they continue to struggle, they don't have their first-round pick. Mm-hmm. The Knicks have it from that Porzingis trade. So they're in a situation where they need to figure it out right away. They do. It is a big free agency class coming up. Obviously, Giannis won't be in it, but you've got other big names that are potentially yeah. going to be there. So, But... The good thing is it's still early, about 20, 22 games in, so just about a quarter of the way through the season. So still got time to figure this out. Um, looking at other teams, freaking Portland is losing Lillard now. They beat the Sixers yesterday yeah. with n- literally no starters, Yeah, which was weird. It was weird. It was insane, <laughs> even though Philly didn't have Ben Simmons. Playing. I think it was just one of those weird games where – a bad team beats a good team. You know, I, I mean, Portland's not bad, but they didn't really have anybody going last night, right? Yeah. So. Well, the fact they're 12-9 and nine right now with all the injuries they've had, yeah. credit to like them. like every single year, Portland's 
just an injury. Gotta look. Like, they just, all, everybody. Nurkic is hurt every year. I think he's hurt again. Yep. Lillard always gets hurt at some point in the year. McCollum seems to be hurt 24-7 lately. Whether he's playing or not, it's like, he's playing through this, he's playing through that. Yeah. Dude, so it's just, yeah. it's hard to, it's hard to see that team. Because Lillard's such a, a winner. He's just, he wills his teams to win. Yep. And, you know, you want to see them be healthy and see what their real potential is, but it seems like we never get to see that. Mm-hmm. On a side note, too, Zion is the second youngest player in NBA history to reach a, or the second quickest player in NBA history to reach a thousand points. Good for him. He, they still suck. Yeah, they still. <laughs> it's still a weird team because they have just a weird balance. They have two guys in the front court who cannot shoot, two guys in the back court who are inconsistent shooters, and then Ingram who is a lights-out shooter. Just a terrible balance. And then you have rumors that J.J. Redick is going to be potentially traded yeah, to a... Their F- shooter. For, to Brooklyn, or... I don't yeah. know how Brooklyn's going <laughs> to get him with the pieces they I have. I also don't know why... Like, we'll just keep scoring more. We don't need defense. Don't need draft picks. We're going to score 150 points a game and give up 140. I mean, if they're winning, then I guess it's all that matters, right? Uh... Shout out Fred Van Vliet as well. Yeah. Career high, franchise record, 54 points. And the most ever scored by an undrafted player. Past Moses Malone's 53. Bet on yourself. Bet on yourself. I kept thinking of the Troy Bolton song. (laughs) (laughs) High school musical too. (laughs) When I saw Fred broke that record. Oh my god. When Fred broke that record, my first thought was DeMar DeRozan, and then his response after was great, because Kyle's old ass couldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. And love DeMar, man. Please yeah. come back to Toronto. That would be amazing yeah. to see DeMar come back one more time. I think the Lakers fans are hoping they can find a way to get DeMar <laughs> onto that team, but the Lakers think they can get everybody. Lakers fans are like, we can get Bradley Beal. We haven't given up all of our picks. I mean, they could give up, get Beal. They could get Kuzma out of there and just replace him with Beal. I guess, but I don't know why the Wizards would want Kyle Kuzma's emotional ass. No. <laughs> uh, man. But any other anything else we want to talk about with the NBA? Got mm. LaMelo Ball has been balling out. Yeah, LaMelo Ball. Tyrese Halliburton looks really good. We're yeah. talking about rookies. I mean, yeah. Anthony Edwards... Minnesota fans are calling for his head, apparently. <laughs> They're not too happy he's how he's been playing. Oh, well, so far tonight, he's one for six with yeah. two points in 20 minutes. So There's Tim Rolls fans, apparently, think he, they're saying he's already a bust. Which, I mean, if you listen to his pre-draft interview, it wouldn't shock me. <laughs> and Nikola Vucevic tonight has 41 points and 19 rebounds against the Chicago Bulls. He's always good. He's one of the most underrated players in the league, I think. He just he's in Orlando and he's stuck in Orlando, that's about it. Exactly. Um just looking at other teams as well. Still waiting for Boston to get going. Yeah, they've been a little inconsistent this year. With Kemba Walker back. I mean Jalen Brown and Tatum have been playing very well. They actually played tonight against the Clippers in LA, so that'll be a very, very fun matchup to I watch. Mean, they have the same issue as the Nets have, which is like they have no bigs. Mm-hmm. Like, you have Tristan Thompson and Daniel Tice, but really, at the end of the day, that's not impressive. It's not blowing anybody away. No, I mean, if you're playing against Brooklyn, it's not really going to make a big difference because mm-hmm. they don't have 
any bigs. But if you're playing a team like Milwaukee, it's going to be a little bit tougher, even though they have beat Milwaukee. They're, they're also both year. bigs, but I'm pretty sure both of them are like 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, neither of them are like traditional-sized bigs. <laughs> no, they're undersized, and we've seen Embiid go off on them. I think he dropped yeah. four. I think he had multiple 40-point games yeah. against Embiid, them. Jokic, and LeBron seem to be the, the, the MVP candidates still. They're just kind of the, the three that are doing it. Luka's obviously still just putting up video game numbers, but... Like we said, they're not winning, so yeah. it's kind of hard to. Yeah, it's not translating. Give them that praise. Not translating to wins at this point. Um, but yeah, I think if I had to pick an MVP right now, it's probably honestly LeBron James. Like it could be. I, like yeah, Jokic and Embiid are having a great year, but LeBron is how old is he now? Thirty six. And thirty six. Yeah. He is still going to town. He had a. 28-point triple-double yesterday against a good Denver Nuggets team where they were struggling all night. And then all of a sudden, at the end of the third quarter, I look up, they're down five, and then all of a sudden, they're up ten yeah. in like two minutes. And LeBron was on the court and was a big part of that big surge. And he's been... Yeah. Like, that's, I don't know how a team in the West is going to beat that Lakers squad because Schroeder and Montrezl Harrell fit in right away like it wasn't one of those it took them 10 games or so they build a chemistry right away and makes them so dangerous because Schroeder can come off the bench if they really wanted and just roll out a LeBron point guard system yeah but LeBron's kind of laid back now he's actually taking some more threes now no Schroeder Schroeder's their point guard now like LeBron's back to just being the the off-ball winger who We've known forever, like when Wade yeah. was running the point, when Kyrie was running the point, and now they have Schroeder, who's excellent, and it doesn't shock me that he fit in. He fits in everywhere he goes. He was excellent in Atlanta. He was excellent in OKC. He fit in perfectly with the Lakers. And Montrez, the way Montrez plays, he can fit in anywhere. He just he's a pick and roll guy slash like energy kind of guy. Like mm-hmm. it's just he he can fit anywhere he goes. So it doesn't shock me that they fit in perfectly with that team. And, you know, on the same thing with the Buccaneers, where it's like they had a feel-out year this year and they're still in the Super Bowl. Last year was arguably the this team's feel-out year, and they won an NBA title, and now they're just getting better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they've, they made the moves this offseason because they were able to with some of the flexibility they had with players on their roster had some value to them and they didn't have to re-sign them they just went out and basically upgraded each in each and every position that they needed to be filled so Schroeder Harrell which was very shocking Mm -hmm. so I would never have assumed Harrell would have gone to the Lakers yeah I assumed he would have gone somewhere out to the east to get just to get away from the Clippers because I knew he wanted well, I mean, there were rumors that he might sign with the Raptors. I remember that. That was one of my predictions, actually, was that he goes to the Raptors because I knew his market was pretty low. I think mm-hmm. it was like 8 to $10 million. It was his market, which yeah. is really low for six-man of the year. Like, that's... Yeah, his bubble performance killed his stock. It wasn't even really in the bubble that much. He didn't show up to the, like, well, game what two, it was, right? like, game two of the playoffs. Lemon Pepper Lou <laughs> and him didn't show up. Oh man, that was a. Hopefully they can figure it out. Hopefully they can figure it out this year. Off to a great start. The Clippers are. 
Paul George is actually out tonight with a yeah. sore right foot, but probably a little bit of PG's little... playing arguably MVP level basketball too. I, I still think you can't count out the Clippers. They're still, I mean, it's the same team that people were saying were going to beat the Lakers last year, but now people just seem to have forgotten about the Clippers. And, like, I don't think you can forget about that team. I think they're playing better. Kawhi's actually playing games this year. Yeah. He finally says he's he said he's fully healthy and he's ready to play these back-to-backs now. So it only took him, what, four or five years to finally <laughs> get his strained quad healthy. <laughs> but good for him. I mean, it's going to be... That chemistry will come in handy later down the line. Like, that was the issue last year was... They didn't ever play together until the playoffs, and then they couldn't figure it out. So I wouldn't count out the Clippers too soon, but the Lakers are still obviously the favorite. Yeah, there's some. But <laughs> look out for the Jazz, top of the league, seventeen and five. Yeah, if the playoffs were to start today in the West, it would be the three seed Lakers taking on the Phoenix Suns. Denver would be facing Portland, which would be a very interesting matchup. Is that the four five. Yep, that's the four five. And then the play-in teams would be Golden State, San Antonio, Memphis, and Houston. Yeah. And then top two, obviously, Utah and... And, yeah. and the Clippers. And the Clippers. And yeah. then in the East, right now, would be Philly as number one seed, taking on probably the Atlanta Hawks. And the 9-10 teams are the Knicks and the Raptors at this point. Um, number two is Milwaukee. They'd probably play Cleveland, which... Good for Cleveland yeah. and good for the Knicks, by the way. <laughs> Two teams we had bottom three of the yeah. conference to start the year. They're in a playoff spot we right now. We got Detroit now. right, though. True. <laughs> we didn't get Washington right, though. They're, <laughs> they're not doing good, but COVID kind of got to them. So, And then Brooklyn right now is three. They'd be playing Charlotte, which good luck, Charlotte. Yeah. And then Boston plays Indiana, which... Would be an interesting series, but I just feel like the Pacers... I feel like they play every year. Yeah, I feel like Pacers would get swept again. It just seems yeah. like they're a really good... They're a good team, but they're just not good enough to play those league teams. Like yeah, They no. beat the teams they're supposed to beat, and then they come into if the playoffs the and lose. If comes back healthy, that could be a difference, but I don't know if he'll play this year. A difference maybe winning one game in a series <laughs> instead of getting swept, but... I don't know, man. He's putting up 30 points a game in the bubble while being double-teamed. Yeah. He can fill it up if you give him the chance. True. And then the one team that's just really struggling, too, is Miami. Yeah. They just... They're they're winning tonight by 30 right now against the Wizards. Yeah. Good for them. Who's not winning against the Wizards? <laughs> Brooklyn. True. They're 0-2 against the Wizards. They're kryptonite. But the Miami Heat... I mean, shout out to everyone who said the Miami Heat were coming out of the East again. Because that does not look great right now. No, they were kind of COVID hit too. Yeah, Butler had Butler's finally back yeah. now, which is good. But now they got a big hole today because they're seven and fourteen right now, yeah. and yeah, they're only a couple wins out of that plan. But you'd rather not be playing in that plan, and then you're playing either Philly or Brooklyn potentially round one. Well, even then, if you squeak a ten seed, like you have to be one team twice in a row, which doesn't matter who it is. That's not an easy thing to do. No, it's not easy to win. Two in a row against a good team in the NBA. Yeah. It's just like the NFL. It's hard to beat a team, good team twice, and then in the Saints case... Three times. Three times against the Buccaneers. Yeah, it's so. very unlikely to beat a team three times just because it's... You just let... You can't... It's just hard. It's They're all professional teams. Like, 
It doesn't matter. Like, that's the thing with the Wizards, too, is it's like, yes, they're dog shit, but they're still pro players getting paid a lot of money, especially Russell Westbrook, that guy's getting paid a lot of money. <laughs> Mostly endorsements and uh, fashion stuff, but, yeah. you know. but To add to his $40 million a year salary. <laughs> Good for Russ, though. All, all the love for Russell Westbrook. Oh, yeah. Love that man. But, yeah, I think that's about it for the NBA and... They did just agree as well, by the way. They're playing an all-star game, which I don't agree with at all. I don't agree with, with it either. At all. Like, I mean, I think LeBron said it best. is like, it's just it's not healthy for the players. It's not, like, a good idea. Like, all these players were looking forward to getting that little bit of time off. Yeah. And he said, he said, I'll be there physically, but I'm not going to be there mentally. Like, no, like they're not going to give a shit about that game. Like, I wouldn't get care. Like, I'd rather be on vacation or... Yeah just spend time with my family i think a lot of those guys that were planning vacations already had planned vacations and some of those guys who'd like know they're going to be all-stars like durant and lebron it looks like they're going to be the two captains this year so yeah they don't get that time i mean provided kevin durant doesn't go into health and safety protocol <laughs> yeah god forbid that happened again um, Should we maybe talk about the all-star voting a little before it opened up finally? Yeah, I, I saw Just Clay... Just at the top 10s. I saw Clay Thompson was 10th place, <laughs> yeah. which is like, like really... I saw that too. Like, come on. Like... Not everybody <laughs> actually watches, you know? It's just a bunch of fans just trying to get their favorite players in That's the, so funny. I saw Derek Rose was like 8th place too in the voting, which I'm like, what the fuck, like... For the East Guards. Yeah, like, seriously. Uh, but I'm just trying to pull them up here right mm-hmm. now so we can... I think Durant's currently the number one vote-getter, if I remember correctly. For forwards in the East or But o- I think overall, overall he's the number hmm. one vote-getter over LeBron right now. I mean, he's having a great year. So I think he's shooting, like, 50-40-90 again, yeah. which is not surprising. But off an Achilles injury, that's... Extremely yeah. impressive. Where are these standings? But trying to think of the other players I saw in there. Bradley Beal's finally getting his due. Yeah. Number one voter for shooting guards. And uh, I saw Russell Westbrook in there, I'm pretty sure, which is just like, okay. It's just a. That voting is mostly just a. It's just a popularity contest. Oh, yeah, for sure. At the end of the day, like, it's got I very got little right in, impact. Okay, so. For notable ones, uh, yeah, Kevin Durant's actually number one. Kevin Durant has 2.3 million votes, and LeBron has 2.28 million votes. Hmm. And they are pretty healthily ahead of everybody. The only other person over two is Steph Curry. Um, right now, the starters, the West starters, would be LeBron, Jokic, and Kawhi for front court, and back court would be Steph and Luka. Wouldn't be mad at that. Um... Front court in the East is Durant, Giannis, and Embiid, and the back court is Beal and Kyrie with Harden right on Kyrie's ass. Um, no one else is really even close in the East. And honestly, I mean, Anthony Davis is right behind Kawhi in terms of the front court, but everybody else is pretty far behind. Andrew Wiggins is seventh in West front court. Again, just a bunch of Warriors fans yeah. trying to get Carmelo their Anthony is ten. <laughs> so uh, Christian Woods eight. I will. That's a good one. 
Yeah. PG and Williamson, both 5-6. That's also okay with me. Zion is popular, obviously. He's going to get votes whether or not that team's playing well. He's just buried away in New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, statistically, he's had a good year. I actually chose him as a dark horse for most improved, yeah. but I feel like Christian Wood at this point is the front yeah. runner for that, or even Chris, Jeremy Grant, too. Chris Boucher as well Chris Boucher, is yeah. up there, too, for but it. But yeah, Damian Lillard's decently close to Luka, and then there's a 700,000 vote drop-off from Lillard to Morant. Jeez. And, uh, yeah. Who's in the East here? Um, Jeremy Grant is top 10. Good for him. Julius Randle's in there. Gordon Hayward's in there. Uh, Sabonis not getting... He's seventh. I feel like he deserves a little more love, but... Good for Hayward, by the way. He's actually having, having a, an excellent year. We were kind of ripping into Hayward a little bit. I think you and I are both I mean, guilty. I still don't think he's worth $30 million, no. but he's playing well. We're, we're a little guilty of ripping into him, but he's playing like he's worth $30 mil right now, which yeah. is good to see because we haven't seen this 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 uh, level of play from him since he was pre-injury. Yeah. Everybody in the East guards is decent... Uh, except seven, eight, nine is Colin Sexton, Derrick Rose, and Russell Westbrook. Uh, Colin is Sexton is actually having a he's having a good year. Pretty good. I think he's top fifteen in scoring, if I'm being if I'm correct. Um, he is seventeenth in scoring. He's averaging twenty four points a game. Yeah, he's putting up good numbers this year. Finally, after having a couple terrible yeah. years to start his career, was Julius Randle in the? Yeah, he was yeah. in there. He was sixth or seventh in East okay, front good. court. He deserves a lot of votes as well. He's having a big impact on. Yeah, he's uh, he's like a mini LeBron this year, like in terms of his play style. Yeah, he's he's facilitating too. That's him what and, I mean. Him and Barrett have been a very good little duo there. Yeah, they have. They're playing. I think they're like top two in minutes though, yeah. which is not surprising for a Thibodeau team. Yeah, I mean, plays their starters to forty minutes a game. Yeah, Thibodeau's system is a system, and it's not going to change. He plays everybody in his starting lineup way too much. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's about yeah. it for this week, and hopefully everyone's watching the Super Bowl on Sunday safely and in the own confines of their home. Yeah, follow whatever rules you have in your area, I guess. Yeah, and by the way, we should mention we do have a Twitter page. We've yeah. had one up for a bit. I think the... What's, yeah, it's at Balls Loose, I'm pretty sure, so just loose balls, but other way around. Yeah, so... <laughs> Feel free to give us a follow, give us your comments and opinions on what you think of our episodes, or if you have any questions for us, or any comments you disagree. Yeah, or just tell us that we're idiots and we made a bad call on something. Rip into me for my Christian Wood takes, and <laughs> my uh, Dallas Mavericks predictions, and be saying that Luka Doncic and the Mavs are this next big thing, and clearly they're not. Yeah, I said that too, so we're all it, guilty. It happens. Exactly. But yeah, we'll be back next week. Enjoy the Super Bowl on Sunday. Have a good one. Bye.